Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Mind your business only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. Welcome to Breakfast with me, Lin Lee. Now, the ocean is a vital part of our planet's ecosystem, providing us with food, oxygen, and regulating the climate. But it is under threat from a variety of human activities, such as pollution, overfishing, and climate change. We can preserve our ocean by reducing our reliance on plastic, recycling, and composting properly, and supporting sustainable fishing practices. Efforts are being made to preserve our ocean and we can do our part just to get involved in beach cleanups or other conservation efforts, educate ourselves and others about the threats facing the ocean, change our lifestyle to reduce our impact on the ocean and support organisations that are working to protect the ocean. So one such organisation is Ocean Purpose Project, a social enterprise that is working to solve the ocean plastic crisis. To find out more, we have with us on the line, Matilda De Silva, CEO of Ocean Purpose Project. Very good morning to you, Matilda. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Lynn. Okay, let's get right into it. What's the most surprising thing you've learned about ocean pollution since starting this Ocean Purpose Project? Um, fantastic question. So when we started in 2020, mm-hmm. it was really interesting because um, I had just left a job at uh, DBS and I thought like, okay, 2020 is the year for us to begin for us to basically enter into ocean conservation and then we went into lockdown. Mm. Um, And I think like, you know, for a lot of people, when they think about ocean pollution, the first image that comes to mind is all of this plastic that's floating out at sea. Mm. But if you can imagine ocean pollution as a pie chart, 8% of that would be marine debris. And of that 8%, 80% of that would be plastics. Mm. So what makes up the rest of that pie chart? You know, I think um, that's also one of the key things that we at Ocean Purpose Project educate people about and what we are also as an NGO trying to tackle and say that we need to start looking at an ecosystem of problems mm. and then deriving from that solution. So as we go into the conversation, I'm going to share a little bit more about some of the different sources of ocean pollution as well. So what's the one thing you wish more people knew about in terms of ocean pollution and From an expert point of view, what is the biggest misconception about ocean pollution? I don't think I'm an expert, (laughs) but um, one of the key things is really about our relationships. You know, like when I'm applying for grants or I'm speaking to clients or to people, people seem to have a disconnect with the ocean. You know, I'm speaking to you now, um, you know, in Indonesia. And just two days ago, I was in Malaysia hanging out with fishermen. And, you know, it's amazing because life actually began in the ocean 3.5 billion years ago. You know, and this is again where when we start to think about how 400 million tons of plastic are produced every year for many applications and 14 million tons of that plastic ends up in our oceans. 80% of marine debris comes from land-based sources. When, you know, remember that pie chart I was telling you about? Mm -hmm. 50% of that is from our human activity, whether it's sewage or whether it's farm runoff. You know, so again, this is where there is a disconnect between our daily lives, what we eat, um, how we live, and also, you know, the, the great deep blue, which seems to be so far removed, right? And for those of us who live in Singapore, we are an island nation. Mm-hmm. We should be more connected than ever. Mm. So you have two core projects, Matilda. One of them is using seaweed and muscle chains to make bioplastics and fertilizers. How are they different from traditional bioplastics and fertilizers? And what are the advantages of doing that? 
Uh, okay, there's a couple of questions in one, but maybe if I can start, right? Why Ocean Purpose Project does bioremediation with native seaweeds and mussels grown in Pasir Ridge? So my story, I was actually exposed to polluted water while I was racing dragon boat in the Philippines. Mm. And that was basically caused by, you know, untreated sewage chemicals that was just going into touristic beaches. Now, you know, one of the things that I realize every time I wake up in the morning is because of my exposure to all of that polluted water, I actually had skin issues. My hair is white. I also have muscular issues. So I, as a human being, have a very personal interaction with not just ocean plastic pollution, but ocean chemical pollution. So this is again where in my little hometown in Basiris, you know, we had 60 fish farms. Mm-hmm. We're also starting to see, you know, algae bloom. We're starting to see a lot of this excess growth of seaweeds that could be caused by, you know, excess amount of chemicals in the water, maybe from farm runoff in the north or even like, you know, like um, other forms of waste. So this is the reason why we partner with traditional fish farmers as well as indigenous knowledge that we know of species that grow in the north. And we use nature-based solutions to absorb those chemicals as a curtain around these traditional farms. And the beauty of that is that we are already able to prove that these curtains are really reducing the amount of contaminants in the water, nitrogen, phosphorus, uh, ammonia levels are almost halving. But of course, we cannot consume those seaweed and mussels. So this is again where, you know, what we do is we turn them into things like uh, bioleathers at very small scale because we are not funded on these kinds of projects. We also turn them into biofertilizers, which we use in Singapore's first seaweed fertilized community garden in Pasiris. Sounds really fantastic, Matilda. The other core project is uh, turning plastic to hydrogen. Can you tell us more about that and what are the benefits of using hydrogen as fuel? So I think um, when corporates do a beach cleanup with us, one of the the things that they always tell us is, wow, that's amazing that you send a section of your plastics to your engineering partners who turn that into not just hydrogen, but also into low sulfur fuel. We even have a a bunch of DJs called the Wild Pearl SG who are going to be turning some of our ocean plastics into a new DJ console. Mm. I think, you know, like um, what we want to focus on is really plastic to hydrogen. And, you know, this allows us to be able to take a transboundary problem of ocean plastics that governments maybe not so eager to touch on. Nobody wants to share their information in terms of global plastic flows. Of course, it's also a legal issue. It's also a a waste issue. We want to turn that pollution into a solution. Hmm. And that's really where, you know, last year at COP27, Ocean Purpose Project, together with the Prime Minister's office, we spoke at... COP27 about moving beyond beach cleanups as a behavior change and really saying how do we integrate the needs of energy, global demand for energy that's set to increase by 56% in 2040, you know, as well as how you're having 400 million tons of plastics being produced, trillions of tons that are of plastics that are out at sea floating right now. I can actually see this with my own eyes. You know, how do we take all of these problems and be able to create an elegant solution of plastic to fuel, which is what we are proposing and raising funds for, uh, in a mobile unit that you could plant next to a landfill. Literally, it's just going to turn all of that landfill plastics into hydrogen fuel, which if you burn it, creates energy and fresh water. Mm. And I think, you know, like when you talk about solutions for poor polluted communities, ocean communities, island communities, 
this is again where our work is about saying how do we uplift the poor community and move beyond just turning plastics into trinkets but into you know solving their energy needs as well but not just that uplifting them in terms of creating new jobs mm. plastic to hydrogen engineers creating new skill sets and markets and this is again where like you know our work as a social enterprise and as an ngo is about saying plastic to hydrogen is able to solve a lot of those issues and you know so all of the the key problems around hydrogen as a fuel right maybe mm. um, securing hydrogen you know plastics uh, could be not not a primary not a secondary but a supplementary source of that hydrogen and of course because of the amount of jobs that we are creating in poor communities it solves a lot of the government policy that is now the biggest barrier around hydrogen fuel cell development it also solves the cost of infrastructure because it becomes something that integrates into existing systems of course there's a there's a whole host of other issues around hydrogen but as an ngo this is again where we're trying to plug mm-hmm. some of those gaps mm-hmm. if you've just joined us uh, we have matilda de silva ceo of mm-hmm. ocean purpose project which is a social enterprise that's working to solve the ocean plastic crisis now matilda what are some of the you know you mentioned quite a number of challenges but in terms of educating the public what are some of the challenges you face you know um, about this and about mm, working with businesses to reduce their plastic footprint I think um in Singapore there is a lot of maybe not many people know what we do. You know, we always get a lot of surprise looks when people come and visit our office, the OPP Beach Hub located within our national park in Pasiris. Uh, when they see how our office, even our office is made out of recycled F1 materials. You know, even our um, herb garden next to it, people are always kind of like, "Hey, you're growing Ayurvedic and TCM herbs fertilized by seaweed that you grow on as bioremediation materials on farms you know i think um one of the biggest issues that we have is that people don't realize that the solutions to ocean pollution are in our own backyard literally just a 10 minutes uh, drive or a mrt ride away in pasir so what one of the things that you know we're so thankful for lin that you know you're you're doing with us as well is really helping to share the work that we do you know mm-hmm. um we have so many governments in southeast asia especially who are so interested in how our solutions about ecosystem solutions a lot of us as ngos need to disrupt ourselves you know we need to kind of move away from just generating um awareness campaigns and i'm speaking about this as a person who is a former tv producer mm-hmm. radio dj and also a social media person right mm-hmm. awareness was what i built my life on for 20 plus years right and it's also about saying how do we move beyond that and that's why like you know um the work that we do in terms of combining the latest technology that's available deep tech nature based solutions indigenous knowledge from orang laut and orang asli people that we speak to and combining those into elegant ecosystem solutions all these things are actually already possible here in singapore and it's really a chance for businesses to to come down and just chill and and speak to us and and enjoy a cup of seaweed fertilized herbal tea wow. and have these conversations and understand like how even in our own little uh, island nation there are you know amazing things that are being done okay matilda we're running out of time so what's your okay. vision for the future of the ocean purpose project it's really interesting um I was in France recently for the United Nations INC2 conference and I was invited to a little town called Biarritz and the mayor who spoke mostly French was like how do we do an OPP here and I was like what do you mean 
He said, that's your whole point, right? You go around the world setting up OPPs, right? So we're down with OPP, you know, like, uh, and I was like, ah, that's a great business idea. Uh, sure, sure, let me draw up the uh, pitch deck and like, you know, and do that. And I think that's really our, my vision for the future. I'm not an expert. I'm not a marine biologist. I'm just one of the 2 billion people in the world who live in the coastal environment. I'm also among millions who personally has my health affected by polluted ocean. My vision is really to have people like us, you know, people who look like me, people who live in polluted communities to start joining us and creating these OPPs, looking at different solutions and even corporates and, and communicators like yourself saying, how do, we, how do we hack a little small little project? How do we fail and then learn from it and iterate again and fail and iterate and fail and iterate? and come to a certain level of answering questions that are so difficult to be answered, you know, in very public spheres, mm. such as transboundary movement of marine plastics, such as chemical recycling failures, such as bioplastic issues. It's really about how do we create little innovative ocean purpose projects to answer that. All right. Thank you very much, Matilda. Matilda De Silva there, CEO of Ocean Purpose Project. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you so much for having me. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.